0: A day and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful
1: first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk. Okay.
2: I've made my choice, and I choose me.
1: Connection Podcast Network listeners, welcome back to 90210 So Beverly Hills 90210 podcast retrospective series. I am JT. Joining me as always here is my buddy Tim. Tim, how you doing?
2: JT, I'm doing good and we are moving along here on our 90210 journey and we've got a first time guest with us as well. A uh, guest I am yeah. talking to for the first time and our listeners are going
1: to be hearing for the first time. Mm -hmm. I had a brief interlude with him, I believe, on an old trivia contest game, but game show podcast. Uh, But otherwise, yes, he is uh, new to this exact world right here and talking now 2 and 0 as we continue to move through season one, Tim. We're making a lot of progress, which is exciting. I mean, we're we're down to the final half dozen or so episodes in season one. So it's exciting to be this deep into the season. And I got some thoughts uh, tonight, not only in the episode, but the overall kind of status of the show. That we'll get into, so we'll talk about that toward the end But why don't we go ahead and get the ball rolling Joining us tonight is, like we said, a first-time But a long-time listener and fan of all of our podcast networks I know he's been around for a while And that is our buddy Rob Kindler Rob, how are you? I'm doing all right, how are you guys doing tonight? Good, good, good to have you here And like I said, I know know you've been around for a while So I appreciate your loyalty and uh, fandom of all the podcasts we have to offer
0: Yeah, I've been uh, listening for at least 10 years by now
1: Yeah I was going to say, I definitely remember you from way back. Yeah, popping up. So really cool Uh, and excited to do our first kind of long form podcast together. So uh, as we always do when we have a new guest, though, Rob, we're going to forget uh, our podcast history. It talks about a 2 and 0 history. Tell us about your relationship with the show. Take a couple of minutes here and just kind of talk about how you discovered it when you started watching it and just your overall fandom
0: honestly um it came out in like 1990 i was born in 1991 so i was about eight or nine when it first came out i had absolutely zero interest in it i was more interested in watching you know Ducktales or something like that <laughs> and the, listening to you and scott talk about it more and more i decided to give it a chance and i've literally found it because of you guys and i'm i've made it no further than tonight's episode
1: oh all right so this is your this is your wow. first trip through the show all right right i've read a couple
0: of spoilers cut couple things ahead but i have for the most part have no idea
1: okay you, you have
0: not
2: cool. jumped ahead of us you're you're truly watching along with us as, as we rewatch it you are experiencing it for the first time that's pretty great yep i listen right.
0: to the podcast and then i watch the episode
1: Wow, all right, that's awesome. an exciting uh, day, uh, first time for us, I think, Tim. Here, that's um, well, maybe one or two others have kind of been along those rain, uh, lines as well. Like, I think Logan and maybe Marcus, too, are kind of in the same boat, but this is this mm-hmm. is exciting stuff. So, uh, it's cool that you really have no future perspective of it. So, it'd be good to get dive in. All right, so let's get started then. Let's not waste any time. Right? I think we'll have a lot to talk about. Yeah, so no, I'm like just, just going to
2: add Rob to our successful yeah. conversion rate once again, batting a thousand <laughs> here, getting turning people out as fans of the show. I, and I know mm-hmm. that um, Rob, you and I have, have uh, DM'd over just various characters in earlier episodes of the series, even though we we haven't spoken in spoken um directly to each other until this podcast but um I don't think I realized or didn't register you had um not experienced the show prior to that so that's uh that's pretty cool to hear
0: in fact I was a little bit behind so I had to spend like last week just catching up with the episodes awesome. have my own
1: little marathon <laughs> very good well, we're glad you did I'm jealous uh, I'm jealous so you get yes right watching it for the first time uh, all right. Ep- uh, episode 17 here in season one, Stand Up and Deliver. March 7th, 1991 is the air date. And we open up at West Beverly High. We get our usual kind of tracking shots outside. Then Brandon and Andrea are talking and walking. And Andrea said she has a proposition for Brandon. And he kind of flirts back. He puts his arm around her and it's like, well, where? And she kind of blushes. And Andrea says she wants Brandon to run for office for president of their class because the original candidate has backed out. Brandon pushes back, uh, but she says she's done. I'm done with all the airheads in charge. And Tim, I'm guessing this is for the next year, right? Because in timeline we're in March, so he's not going to take the mm-hmm. office now, right? So this is, in theory, I guess he's running for the the following school year. Yeah, I
2: guess so. Yeah, I, f- I figure we're fairly well along in the school year at this point, so wouldn't make sense for. For him to take office this same year we should keep in mind that they are meant to be juniors so i guess i guess well, he would right. be his senior class president um
1: so but that reboots I, right we go back a year
2: it will reboot yes um <laughs> for, get that's <laughs> to spoil on, for but, you rob but yes we're,
1: we're juniors here but we'll have another junior year coming we're gonna out, be juniors so. again next
2: year yes <laughs> um but i guess it makes sense that andre would have this sort of level of investment and what would be her upcoming senior year she really wants to make sure somebody is um somebody capable is representing her class um so that's a very andrea thing here and this is also Mm -hmm. i think a little bit of foreshadowing as to brandon's future um Mm -hmm. certainly within the universe of the show so um again don't want to spoil things for for rob but um I don't know interesting stuff that we're right from the jump here. It's like, oh, we're we're getting into uh, some defining character stuff, I feel like.
1: either of you guys ever run for a office in school?
2: No, I never no. had any interest in it. I was um, an editor for the yearbook, which, in a weird way,. Um, wielded some political power even though it wasn't meant to um but no not i didn't hold any kind of official school government office
1: i think in like elementary school i remember running for like treasurer or something stupid like that but that was about it um nothing ever beyond that like a high school or college yeah just didn't have the interest and in put the time in uh, but brandon does because he accepts he's gonna go ahead and do it Ah, uh, we move elsewhere in the hallway. Dylan catches Brenda and says he's gonna go to Mexico City. I gotta see Dad, and I can't go with you to the big club this weekend. And Brenda's kind of pissed, and she kind of says like, "I'll come with you to Mexico." And Dylan surprisingly says no. Uh, he's like, "You, you don't want to be with my dad in Mexico? We're not we're not doing that." <laughs> um, and she basically says, "I'm bored here. I'm mean, I'm just kind of done with with Beverly Hills already. I, I'm bored." And Dylan says, "Look, use my name, and you'll get into this hot new club. over, you know, no issue." So. Go Go have fun this weekend. I'm going to see Dad. Uh Within minutes of Brandon accepting uh, Andrea's request, David is on the on the mic and he announces that Brandon is running for president of, of the student of the class. So news is already broken. It's in real time. And Brenda kind of makes a joke that she's always the last one to know. And Kelly is horny at the power potential here, at Brandon. Like, she's already given the eyes. Um, so, uh, Rob, what'd you think of this, these first couple of scenes setting the the stage for Brandon to run for president?
0: Um, you know, I just thought it was interesting how Kelly's like, yeah, I never really had any, um, interest in this until I heard you were running for it. And all of a sudden, like you said, she's looking at him totally different. And Mm -hmm. I wondered if it was a way to maybe to try and get the power behind the person, the man behind the curtain, so to speak.
2: Yeah, she uh, pretty much outright admits that she's uh, quite attracted to the potential power grab here, and um, I don't know, there's there's certainly a lot of history between Kelly and Brandon when all is said and done, Mm -hmm. so I I don't know that I'd put that, that down as even more foreshadowing potentially, but yeah again I, i'm trying to dance around spoilers, <laughs> spoilers
1: which i don't look i think you. at the very least it's clear that but, these uh, are two people that that have some level of physical attraction to each other it's uh, okay. i mean and how would you not them yeah, like it's clear um on display so the chemistry's there and look rob knows this thing goes nine years and everyone's gonna or ten years and everyone's gonna bang everyone right i mean it's 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 a soap <laughs> opera so it's gonna yeah, happen know, like the basics of it
2: Well, it's just interesting that it's it's not Brandon's first flirtation with political office, nor is it his first or last flirtation with Kelly Mm -hmm. and how that relates to his political aspirations. Mm. Um, So, yeah, when you when you think about some of that stuff, it uh, I don't know, just uh, I would just say, Rob, keep this episode in mind uh, some years down the line going forward. No,
0: one thing I did notice, it has really nothing to do with the plot, but when um, Brenda first comes downstairs to let Donna and Kelly in, like, mm-hmm. I swear her sweater matches her skin tone. I had to double check, see if she's just wearing <laughs> a spotted, spotted shirt. Uh,
1: <laughs> nothing on at the Walsh house. Uh, so, yes, Donna and Kelly come in to congratulate, and they're kind of fawning over Brandon. This is the most we've seen Donna, like, animated as well in this episode. Um mm-hmm. And Jim and Cindy are excited because they kind of hint that Brandon was planning to do this in Minnesota, but didn't because of the move. So they're kind of happy that he's getting back into it. So as usual, Jim is living vicariously through his son, and Cindy's kind of on board this time as well. Uh, Brandon's flirting back with Kelly, but it's Donna who kind of gives him the kiss on the cheek and, and the eyes as well. So they're both into the the power here of Brandon uh, and, and the presidency that he could be earning. So they're they're feeling it. We cut up to Brenda's room. She's crying in the mirror and she's really struggling with teenage life. Uh, Cindy kind of comes in and gives her a pep talk about growing up. And just when Brenda feels like she's going to connect with her mom a bit, in comes Jim. He's like, look, we got campaign business. <laughs> get on. Leave, leave this broad alone. We got, we got to talk about some stuff. Um, and Kelly yells up. She's like, come on, Brenda, we're going to get going. And Brenda kind of says to herself, like, I just don't feel like I belong here. So Tim, this has kind of been an ongoing thing, but it feels like we're really starting to get more heavier uh, with mm-hmm. Brenda really starting to feel like she's consistently a fish out of water in Beverly Hills.
2: It's weird because I feel like we, we have this character in Brenda who lives this rather tormented interior life that mm-hmm. we don't necessarily see a whole lot of that backed up on screen other than right. you maybe assume it's, it's just your garden variety teen, teen angst. But um it's a big component of her character where she just kind of gets in these, these moods and um, you're like, what is this really motivated by? Is there, is there anything within the show that we've missed or, you know, mm-hmm. something going on with her and Dylan? And in a way, I, I kind of like that, that there's this um, just world beyond the show as it's presented to us. I, I just kind of like that as a, uh like some world building that, that the series is doing. But I also would like to understand a little bit better. Where is this coming from with Brenda? Because I didn't even realize she was crying at first. I thought she was just taking off her, her makeup, which she was right. looking in the mirror and it's like, Oh, she seems to, she seems to be down in the dumps. And I'm um, not really
1: sure why, um, but it's a very, well, again, moment. I think it goes back to what she said earlier. She's a little bit bored. maybe, Um, And we'll see it play out here. I think she's just not ever really been into other than the status chasing. She's not into just the style of life here. Like she wants seems to crave something a little bit more intellectual um, than kind of shopping and going to the beach and the stuff that the other girls are doing in this world. Because it's while like there's this weird balance of maturity right between all of them where Kelly and Donna or especially Kelly's more mature like physically um Mm -hmm. brenda's probably more mature mentally and emotionally right so it's it's this weird balance between the two that they got going on so um.
2: i think brenda also is just sort of in a constant state of identity crisis where she thinks she wants certain things or wants to be a certain type of person that she really doesn't want to be but she thinks that i don't know she has these sort of lofty or or noble ideas about what it is to be like an intellectual or respected in some way. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see some of that play out in this episode. And it's like, it's okay if that's really not who you are. Like, that's, that's fine. And, you know, if, if you want to aspire to be a certain way, great, but it's like, she thinks she's this type of person that she isn't. And because, because of that, she she's just worthless somehow and it's I don't know she has a um kind of just a a poor self-image I feel like
1: yeah what do you think Rob
2: you know almost
0: kind of reminds me of that show uh, Freaks and Geeks do you remember that one
1: yes yep
0: I do or how uh, yes. she w- was a mathlete but then she decided she just didn't want to do that anymore she wanted to find a different clique to hang out with so she started mm-hmm. hanging out with the freaks in this case, you know she's hanging out with the, all the rich and popular socialites, for lack of a better word. When all reality, she probably just doesn't quite fit in as well as she d- thought. So,
1: hmm Yeah, and she's been ch- chasing to fit in, but I think deep down she knows it'll never be that way. Like she'll never be a girl from Beverly Hills. It's just not who she is. Uh, all right, so we cut over to this uh, bar, which, well, they, they call it a club, but it's really like a coffee house and kelly says it's the hot new place so i thought for sure when they walked in kelly would be the one like Ugh, what are we doing here but kelly's like no this is this is not, this is a spot everyone's into right now donna says it feels like they just walked into beetlejuice <laughs> so timely there i guess and we find a woman named sky sitting on a couch on stage telling a story and says her middle name is blue yonder and that kind of crack a joke says she's a gi brat she talks about all the challenges of changing schools due to being in a military family And you can tell Brenda is, like, entranced by this. Like, she's like, okay, here's my people. Like, this chick is funny. She's intellectual. And her, too, went through what I'm going through, struggling to fit in into a new school. And on the flip side, Kelly's kind of taking the jokes personally because Sky's kind of cracking jokes about life in Beverly Hills, et cetera, et cetera. And Kelly's kind of like, you know, this shit ain't true. So, but Brenda's digging it. Uh, we cut back to Brandon working on campaign stuff as Steve is talking about a girl named Sarah. And, uh, basically Steve tells Brandon, like, look, your shit's not going to fly in Beverly Hills. Like Brandon's talking about his policies and his standing, you know, where he stands. And Steve says the last president took a different girl out every week to nail their vote. And he does his little fist pump uh, to explain the dirty side of politics. He's basically saying, look, you're going to go for the win. You're not going to win with this nonsense. this boring shit. And, um, you know, Brandon's kind of, like, wavering a little bit, is Steve's way the right way. We head back to the coffee shop. Sky's still going. She closes out her story. She gets some applause. And Brenda talks to Sky, and she goes to get the girl some drinks. And uh, she obviously also works there. And as she's going to get the drinks, Kelly adds on that she wants whipped cream on her latte. And uh, we have our second act. Jack heads up to the stage, and he hears Kelly say whipped cream. And just starts trolling her immediately about, you know, basically being um, a rich, you know, girl from Beverly Hills, right? Kind of mocks her makeup and her clothes. And Brenda goes to bat for a friend. She starts giving it right back to Jack about, you know, making judgments. And they kind of go back and forth. And Brenda wins the battle. Jack backs down. So, uh, Rob, a lot going on here in these few scenes. But any thoughts on meeting Sky, Jack, and kind of Brandon starting to show the first signs of maybe being open to playing a little different?
0: Well, first thing I noticed when I saw Skye was that she looked terribly familiar to me. So I looked her up, and she's played by uh, Carrie Hamilton. And it turns out her mother is actually Carol Burnett. Oh,
2: wow.
0: Yeah, that's why she looks so familiar to me. She looks she almost. She looks to
2: me too. I I wondered if she was
1: anybody. Okay. You know, she looked like she looked a little bit like Celeste, who's to come. Um, uh, I thought okay. she had that. That's what I thought she was. I thought it was her first. Honestly, for a second, yeah. I, I thought it looked like her, but. Uh,
0: but yeah, you know, like, wow. you know, like she seems also really bored and just overwhelmed. I didn't think she was that funny at all. <laughs> and, I mean, I'm out here on the West Coast. Are coffee houses even a thing anymore?
2: I was going to um, say, this is, um, put this down as a 90s moment, maybe. Um, that coffee house resurgence with slam poetry and stand-up and shit like that. <laughs> right. I, I,
1: was was gonna say, I was think th- there's, like, I think coffee shops are a thing still, like, where you'll go and it's you may have like a band playing and stuff like that but no i think Mm -hmm. like yeah the slant poetry kind of crunchy coffee house stuff is (laughs) is kind of in the past i think
0: okay that's what i thought too but i was just like i better figure out how things are going on the east coast here i mean
2: i haven't been to one um, i do
1: exist but
2: we uh we have a club here in richmond called fallout but um it's a BDSM fetish bar, so <laughs> uh, it, it kind of has the same industrial um, aesthetic as as the fallout within uh, Nine Hundred Two and oh where it's, it, it kind of looks like it's in an old barn, a lot of wooden doors and shit like, or metal doors and shit like that, but um, uh, yeah, very different flavor, but that's, that's all I could think of during these scenes is the BDSM <laughs> club in Richmond. <laughs> they're, they're doing again slam poetry and bad comedy.
1: <laughs> All right, so Brenda's at breakfast and she's kind of telling her story, but no one gives a shit. um Everyone's into the election. Brenda says, you know, even to get Jim's attention, she goes, I, and dad, I'm pregnant. And he finally looks up and she's kind of like, like, you know, no one's listening to what she's saying. Kelly and Donna show up again. They're flirting with Brandon again. And Kelly says she wants to get involved. Like she thought about it. And she feels like she wants to be part of this uh, movement to help Brandon win. And Brenda's like shocked. She's like, Kelly, you always put on MTV if politics is on. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, But Brandon's into it. He's like, yeah, sure. Like, yeah, we'll need all the help we can get. And you're popular and you can help us. In comes Andrea. And Kelly tells, you know, Brandon kind of says like, hey, Kelly is, or Kelly says like, I'm the new campaign manager. And Andrea's kind of pissed. And Brandon's like, well, why can't we all do it? Why can't you both be a campaign manager? and andrea pulls uh, brandon outside and they talk for a minute and she admits that she was going to run for office it wasn't a friend she's the one that backed out because she didn't want to lose and she knows this can turn into a popularity contest and she doesn't want it to go that way but brandon convinces her like look stay on let's win however we can win and then we can approach this the way we want to approach it it doesn't have to be airhead central so Again, Andrea is kind of in the friend zone, kind of cocked here by Brandon, um, who's, you know, moving up and beyond her, but still kind of clinging to their friendship. And Andrea hopelessly can never say no to Brandon uh, until pushed to the wall. So. Uh, yeah. So Kelly. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Tim. Uh, well, actually, I let just, me get this. So, th- to finish yeah. the scene. Kelly tells Brenda that she's going to bail on a political festival that Sky's holding and Donna does, too. And so Kelly and Donna are going to stay behind and work with Brandon. Brenda's going to go solo to the club, and she kind of gets to dig in. That well, I guess the club is too mature for you guys anyway, and leaves because she feels pissy mm. that uh, they're not going. So go ahead, Tim. Yeah. Uh,
2: as far as Brandon and this uh, dueling campaign manager subplot here, I, I like that. You know, at least at first, the way it's presented, Andrea's problem is is not with Kelly specifically, right. Like being picked. Kelly being picked over over Andre, it's that she had her own goals at first, like she was going to run, but sort of, I don't know, maybe realized, or I, I just think it's very shrewd of her to, to kind of look at, take a step back and look at this situation and see, I'm probably not going to win because there is a big social aspect to this as much as I wish that there wasn't, mm-hmm. but I bet I can find... You know, someone who does have enough political capital, and you know, can pull some strings socially, and and probably would make a good showing. And if I could back them and mold them into my kind of candidate, who I want to represent me, um, then I will. Uh, that's certainly good enough, uh, more than good enough. And now, you know, with Kelly kind of insinuating herself into the picture, it's it's more like her interests are going to be represented. So you get the sense it's more of a a classism thing than it is like a, a competition for Brandon's heart, I guess. Although we know Andrea is going to be motivated by that to a certain extent because she's made certain re- revelations at this point in the show. <laughs> um, but it doesn't seem like she's jealous over Kelly in particular and thinking that, you know, uh, Brandon and her are going to hook up or something.
1: What do you think, Rob, of uh, Kelly taking the job?
0: See, to me, it was more like Andrea was representing the um, true nature of it. She wanted to do it for the political reasons of it. But meanwhile, Mm -hmm. like I said earlier, Kelly's trying to do it to be the man behind the curtain. Mm -hmm. While they're playing Brandon back and forth, one against the other, and they're both worried that – the other one is going to win that way they wouldn't have it a for the right reason or B wouldn't have the power. Right. Now, One thing I did think was funny about this was when Brandon was going around introducing himself to people, he would introduce himself as, hi, I'm Brandon Walsh. Damn glad to meet you. Obviously an animal house reference.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) There you go. Um I, feel like yeah, probably a lot I didn't of pick up
2: that he was... I wasn't paying there. close enough attention that he was saying that, but yeah. That's funny. Gotta figure, these old-school writers from, from the 90s right. are
1: inserting these little inside jokes. Grew up on stuff from the 70s and 80s, so. Mm-hmm. All right, so Sky gives Brenda a flyer for an Earth Relief benefit. That takes place at 8 a.m. Uh, the next day, but Brenda laments uh, she has school in the morning, and Sky reveals that she quit school. She left Modesto High... At age sixteen, she did a cross-country international international vacation instead, and Brenda's just completely like enamored with Sky. And Sky uh, says, "You know, you remind me of me." And she says, "Diplomas are important, um, you know. So don't do what I did." Basically, so she quickly cuts off any thoughts Brenda might be having. But Brenda says, "I don't want to drop out. I want the best of both worlds." And we cut to her at the school uh, guidance counselor office asking for a high school equivalency test form. And when the counselor asked why she says, well, I'm leaving school. So, you know, she wants to get her diploma through this channel instead of finishing school and then take a path somewhere to sky where she can move, be out on her own away from the parents and living a life she envisions she should be living. And Tim, I think that's something we didn't mention earlier. Like part of her, frustration has been the walshs uh, and the way they parent her versus Brandon and some of the frustration mm-hmm. there like I think that's probably a big part of this too
2: the there is some clear favoritism for sure and it's on display in this episode like the mm-hmm. walshs have a favorite kid no doubt and uh, yeah. it is not ambiguous whatsoever um yeah I guess it's nice that, that this episode doesn't go over the top and trying to force like a sibling rivalry angle. It's just, right. it seems like Brenda's very over it by now. Um, and has been over it for some time. Uh this does strike me as a wildly impulsive decision even by Brenda's standards. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know. I try to think of myself when I was that age and you kind of do make these sort of knee-jerk decisions that seem like a good idea at the time or or it seems like it's coming from a good place, but really it's just because you're emotional about something and then you just kind of walk it back. Right. Um, right. So I think that's kind of what we're setting up for here. Um, I totally, and I'm with Rob in that. I don't like this, this character sky either. I don't find her particularly funny or charming, but I also get why Brenda would, And I totally get why Kelly wouldn't. So it it all feels very true, even though I I don't like the character. I I think the way that they set it up, even though it was a little bit cringy, like I could I could see that as a total Brenda Kelly dynamic thing with with Mm -hmm. this, you know, kind of weirdly charismatic stranger having so much pull over over Brenda. Um, It kind of tracks for her character.
1: Well, she's I mean, she's saying this. What Brenda wants to hear and she's almost taking like a justification like, oh, yeah. like, this girl had a hard time with school. This girl dropped out and went traveling the country and is, you know, learning about life. And like this is what she keeps envisioning what she should be doing. So when she hears a, someone successful doing it. Or at least perceiving to be successful at this time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, it's gonna you know turn her up. So the Walshers freak out, of course. And Brenda tells her that she's gonna get her diploma early and leave school. And Brenda tries; she's working hard to talk them into it. She says she wants to learn from life, just like her friends at the club. They all talk about books and politics, and that's what she wants—not out you know shopping and the beach and the club and everything with with her other friends. And Jim and Cindy say, "Look, you have a lot of dreams at that age, and they did too. They wanted to do different stuff, but." You know, Brenda, you're ahead of yourself and, um, you know, or you're you're kind of making decisions that you shouldn't be making and dreams are dreams. And that doesn't mean uh, there can be a reality at all times of your life. And Brenda says, look, I'm ahead of myself and, you know, I'm older than I, my age. Right. It's kind of what she says that I've my mind is is outpacing where I'm at at age 16, wherever she's supposed to be here uh, and says that, you know, if they're not going to let her live her life, then she's going to take care of things on her own. She storms off. And Jim, of course, gets his comment in saying, well, at least Brandon has his feet on the ground and we'll, we'll see where Brandon is in a second. But Rob, what'd you think of Brenda's confrontation with her parents here?
0: Again, you know, I remember being 16 and having totally unrealistic goals. Mm -hmm. And how quickly they change from moment to moment, day to day. And just because you see something that you may want now, and you see somebody having what you have now, it's always – grass is always greener on the other side, you know? You don't understand the problems that are bound to come up. You don't understand all the negatives that are bound to come up. You just see the positive that Sky has, everything Brendan (laughs) – Brenda wants and is able to succeed. And so Brenda is like, Brenda's like, well, I can do this too. She did. So this is what I'm gonna try to do.
2: Yeah, and and I think if I'm the Walshs in this scenario, I, I maybe do one of those, okay, let's see how serious she really is about this. Um, so tell you what, Brenda. Finish your junior at this point year. Finish your junior year out, and if you're so committed um, to doing it this way, then fine. Take your take your high school equivalency over the summer. Get you pass. You get your GED. Then congratulations, you're done. You don't have to you don't have to go back. But at least finish your junior year out and and make sure this is something you still feel as strongly about. You know, six months from now or whatever. But um, no, they're not going to do that. The Walshs just kind of um are are shocked by Brenda dropping this bombshell on them. Which, mm-hmm. understandably, this is like I said, impulsive even by her standards.
1: Right? They could and, have expected um, this coming at all. I mean, who the fuck no, woke up and it, thought this? There's been no warning
2: whatsoever. Um, right. I, I do kind of respect the the approach that she takes, though. She was like, "I'm way ahead in life," and and that's a credit to you guys, basically, of you right. know having a good upbringing you got me here. So, uh, in a lot of ways, you know, if, if, if you want to blame someone, blame yourselves, like, you know, she kind of <laughs> right. she, she starts off on the, on the right foot and it gets more antagonistic as, as it is want to do. But, um, yeah, I, I, feel like if, if I'm the parent in this scenario, I'm like, all right, well, you're not just dropping out of school this second let's let's do it the right way if you're really serious about it. But, right. um, I don't know how serious you really are about this.
1: So we get a good cut. Jim says, you know, thankfully, Brandon's feet are on the ground. And we cut to him doing like this presidential pose as Kelly's taking Polaroids of him, Kind of presidential portrait style. is uh, fawning over the work and then makes some jokes and says, look, we got to focus on the issues. Like, forget about the pictures. And Brandon starts telling her about his ideas and she's into it. Like he wants to use the leftover food from the cafeteria to feed the homeless. And she thinks it's great. But Kelly says, "Look, forget that shit. All these students are selfish as, as fuck. And you need to meet that need. You need to tell them stuff they want to hear about themselves, and that's the the main uh, focus." Brenda comes in and announces that she wants to leave school, and Kelly, uh, which I thought this was a bit of a forced joke. She's like, "Yeah, I agree. We want to leave school for lunch," and Brenda's like, "No, I'm leaving school." Uh, all together. And Brandon kind of lays into her, like, what are you thinking? His usual, aggressive assault. (laughs) You're a moron. Like, what are are you thinking? (laughs) And uh, Kelly interrupts and pulls him back for more pictures. So we don't get too far. Uh, We head to school where some random comes up to Brenda at school and is like, are you, you know, are you Brandon's sister? And she goes, yes, yes, I'm Brandon's sister, but I feel like Ferris Bueller's sister. That's all everyone could talk about is Brandon. And I'm just kind of, again, the sideshow here of the Walsh family. Uh, you know Kelly's kind of flirting over brandon's smile and says you got to go, uh, shake some hands. You know you got to make some friends out there on the campus. So, but all through this, she's clearly continuing to pump him up and kind of fawn over him. Kelly keeps working it. She comes over to David, who says uh, he's talking to Scott and you know he's looking at kelly and kind of says look you know she needs me and she doesn't know it yet kind of talking up his game to scott like he always does about kelly and she comes over and says i need you and david kind of gives scott a look like see and fucking told you and she wants david to make a sexy campaign video for brandon but david reveals he'll be hosting the debate for the uh, radio station and says there'll be a conflict of interest he can't back that and kelly basically says well you can and if you do i'll go out on a date with you and David says, what would Geraldo do? And Kelly basically says, you know what he'd do. So David uh, accepts the date and uh, we'll do that. And as this is going on, Brenda's kind of sitting to the side judging Tim. So uh, would you have caved as quickly as David did here? I, I likely would have given the situation. Uh,
2: yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I love David like recognizing the the clear conflict of interest, but mm-hmm. just waving it off. Basically, <laughs> I love that they at least paid lip service to it. That's pretty funny. Um, I am a little bit troubled just by like Kelly's, it it has to be this, like she has a very sort of mutually exclusive view of politics, I guess, or it's, she's trying to build Brandon up as this great populist candidate and just totally dismissive of any of Andrea's substantive ideas. And it's like, no, you, you really can have it both ways. Like if you guys actually sat down and cooperated and had an exchange Mm -hmm. of ideas you'd have like a hell of a a stump speech really (laughs) right and um it's just like she cannot see it as anything other than this massive popularity contest which Mm -hmm. i mean let's face it in high school that's really what it is so she's not wrong but she's she's sort of going about it in a in a much more antagonistic
1: way than she needs to here Well, I feel like if they just all were honest and said, like, look, let's use Kelly to get to the presidency and then use these these policies and and this is what we're going to do. Right. I think that's the way to go Mm -hmm. about it. But uh, Rob, what do you think of uh, all this going on here with with uh, Kelly and Brandon and Brenda?
0: Well, first of all, I got to admit, if I was David and freshman and some junior girl comes up to me and says, well, if you do this, I'll go on a date with you. Yeah, I probably wouldn't be able to control myself
1: either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's giving it every day.
0: And again, one thing I liked about this one is when he actually meets his um candidate, Mike. It's another one I looked at, and I swore I knew him also. So again, I also looked him up, but he was actually in that episode of uh, Same by the Bell with um the Zit Cream. He played Crater Face Nelson. Now,
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ. There's a lot of save by the bell now to cross over for sure. Um, um I will and say the guy, that Mike yeah.
2: yeah, that Mike character looked like a save by the bell kid. I figured he had to yes. be some or a degrassi kid or he had right. to be something, something like that. Like that.
1: So and, and the guy there. you're mentioning, Michael, uh is kind of a, a random when he comes over at first and he's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sick of politics too. And he's kind of flirting with Brenda. Because Brenda at first kind of assumes he's coming to talk about Brandon, and he's like, No. And, uh, she admits she's working on a stand-up act for amateur night at the club. And, um, you know, Mike kind of says, well, you know, keep at it and, you know, good luck and walks off. And that's when we reveal that Michael Miller is Brandon's opponent because Kelly comes over and kind of gives Brenda some shit for talking to his opponent. And, you know, Kelly says like, grow up. He's not into you. He's just trying to fuck with you. And Brenda's like, no, he's just being nice and kelly thinks he's just trying to get intel on brandon so you can see where their mindsets are all at through this whole thing kelly's like looking at this as you know sharks blood everywhere and a political climate and atmosphere like steve had been and brenda's like no it's just a nice guy talking to me because he's interested in me and not interested in that so it's you can see where the mindsets are at uh we go back to the club where brenda's kind of workshopping her bit with jack and sky she's not getting very far and uh, Brenda asks Sky if they're, you know, dating. If her and Jack, is they're kind of flirting. Uh, Sky says uh, sex ruins relationships and good friends, so no, they're just friends. Uh, and off of that, Sky asks Jack if he can house sit because she has to head to Modesto for some family business. And uh, Brenda offers to do it instead, and Sky takes her up on it because Jack says he can't uh, do it this weekend. So not not much doing here, just kind of a little bit more story progression with Brenda showing that she's going to be taking over Skye's apartment for a few days. Uh, The big next scene, though, that occurs is Brandon's uh, super sexed up campaign video from David. It's got kind of this uh, sexy music playing. It's all this close ups of him looking hot. And at the end, we close with "Brand the man will deliver (laughs) the closing line. Uh, Andre is completely shell shocked by all of this. Kelly's in love with it. And uh, Andrea is done. She says, you know what? I'm not going to be part of this, this bullshit. Like if this is the direction you want to go with this fluff and play up your looks and popularity, I want no part of it. And she says, actually, this is a small part of me that wants you to lose, <laughs> not even win. And I'm going to go home and rent Sex, Lies, and videotape and watch that instead. And Brandon's kind of waffling on, on which direction to go. And Kelly says, look, I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to help you. And if you want something You have to go after it hard. And we kind of get, you know, they kind of close in on each other. They are staring at each other. And there's a heavy tension at this point where it looks like maybe they're going to make a move. And Brandon says, well, you know what? I can't. Steve wouldn't like this. And he's his best friend. And Kelly says, Steve's off another girl. He'd love to be in your position right now. And Brandon reconsiders again. But before anything can happen, in comes Brenda. And she's feeling pretty cool. And says, you know, you can keep living on your kindergarten world. I'm ready for the real thing. So she's playing up, kind of being a bitch through all this. Uh, Again, I think she's feeling a little left out, but she's, uh, you know, taking it out on them and saying, I'm going to go be living on my own for a few days. And you guys can mess around with this stupid school stuff while I go live. Uh, Cindy and Jim check in on Brenda. She's packing and tells them she's moving out. So uh, Tim, a lot to react to here between the video, Andre Bales. Uh, was Andrea yeah. justified in quitting? Like, I, I feel like she went... Like, this wasn't a salacious video. Like, they no. they act like he's doing a hit piece, which is the direction they could have went, where Brandon, like, shits on Michael, and then Andrea walks, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I thought she overreacted a bit. And again, maybe it's just her jealousy, like, that Kelly's getting closer to Brandon than she is, but it felt like she overreacted a bit with the whole sex lies videotape thing. Like it's, it's really just a video <laughs> of him looking good. I mean, it wasn't it really like is. I
2: mean, it's down and dirty. If anything, it's a bit cheesy, but so, what? Right. I mean, again, it's a high school political race. It's just, yeah, I do think, um, Andrea doth t- protest too much here a bit. Uh, maybe that is the jealousy monster rearing its ugly head. But, um, I want to know what Andrea's major problem is with this uh, Mike Miller kid, because Hmm. he seems like, I don't know, maybe perfectly fine. Like, what is how is he going to do such a terrible job? He's not an airhead. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly not. an. I, I could see if like it was maybe Steve running or. Somebody like that, um, just some asshole. But it
1: was weird. You're right. Like, what is Andre's an direction with this poor kid? Yeah, <laughs> he, he should be just... backing him. Like, they should have had a oh, third my... candidate, like an airhead, Mike, and then Brandon. And Andrea could say, "Look, Mike has no chance. He's never going to win. You're the one who has to come in and take out this like hot guy or whatever." Like that would have been the way to go about it. Versus this, exactly. where yes, why would Andrea should be all in on Mike? Like that's exactly what she'd be looking for. Seems like a her point. type
2: of candidate.
1: Um, I mean, mm-hmm. granted,
2: we don't see a lot about his policies, but I i, I doubt he's, I don't know, Just it, it just seems like she would get behind somebody like him. And But anyway, I'm, I'm going to try not to read too far into that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, though, as far as this exchange between Brandon and Kelly, they really make the subtext text here talking about eh, Steve wouldn't, I don't want to do that to Steve. And I mean, they're really talking about doing the thing, right? And they uh they managed to resist, but um mm, kind of a big moment early in the show here. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, Brenda is just I don't know, kind of being a bitch, maybe as you said, because she is feeling excluded. This whole sequence though just felt like somebody pissed in everybody's Wheaties because they are just going for each other and in ways right. that are unusual for this first season
1: yeah, they're definitely going hard. and uh, Brenda with the kindergarten line is a little hard. She's been pretty harsh.
2: And Maybe I know again, it's is.
1: projecting because she probably feels bad that she's kind of been left in the dust, but, um, yeah, I don't know would you would you think, Rob? Well,
0: it's about this time that I messaged uh, Jt last night because I didn't even understand how old Brenda was supposed to be. <laughs> but apparently she's supposed to be sixteen, and I'm literally thinking, why would she let a sixteen year old Stranger, hang out in her house alone all weekend. What kind of parents would let their 16 year old go hang out in a strange house all weekend without even? But I guess they're too busy distracted by you know Brenda or Brandon's um, political thing and out there making buttons and getting flyers. And I didn't understand the whole why everybody is getting snarky and snippy with each other. The best I could figure out was maybe Andrea was trying to, you know, pull Brandon, Brandon strings to try and get him to be the president. She wanted to be, but she could never do it because she was afraid. I wondered also if that was part of the, they don't, I don't want him to discover where I live. So I couldn't go to this school thing. And then meanwhile, again, Kelly's also still trying to fight over his strings to get him to do what she wants to implement leaving campus for lunch. When neither one of them seem to realize, well, at least Kelly doesn't seem to realize how little power he would hold.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I think it's just like, I don't know if she even cares about like the power piece in that she could make decisions. I think it's more that she finds Brandon attractive and power is attractive. And like now she's kind of gotten sucked into it. Right. More than anything else. But as far as the Walsh is letting Brenda stay at the apartment too, it seems like they're trying to take a different approach with her in this episode. Whereas like kind of instead of and Cindy even says it later, like the more you fight someone like Brenda, the more she's going to want to do it. So just let her hang herself basically. Right. Like let her, there's little enough risk in her going to this apartment probably that it'll balance out with her failing most likely and coming home. Like that's kind of their game plan. Now with her is not trying to go against her because that's never worked. It continues to uh, fail when they take that approach.
2: I do think Uh, it's insane that Brenda is is straight up telling her parents again at 16, I'm moving out when really she is, I mean, which to Rob's point is still pretty extreme for a, a teenager who is, you know, in school <laughs> during the school year, like house sitting for somebody, mm-hmm. um, who's not exactly a neighbor. Like she, we we're get impressed. no impression. We're not given the impression she lives in the neighborhood. Like she's probably clear across town somewhere. And it's like in LA traffic. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's a lot. Right. And and she, she doesn't even present it as, Oh, it's not that big a deal. You guys, I'm just going to be house sitting while she's away She's straight up telling them, "I'm moving out," and it's like, "Right, how could they possibly go for that?" You know, like, "What, what are you thinking?" Like, you started out with a pretty tactful approach with this whole "I'm dropping out of school" thing, mm-hmm. but I'm still going to get my GED. You know, I, I've really thought this out, and now she's just, she's kind of just being really impulsive and and not thinking through how she's going to sell this, and it just goes to show how this is all coming from a very teenagery emotional place
1: well and uh, rob asked like why they all snippet like I, it feels like it's just an episode of miscommunications right now like if they just stopped and explained some of the stuff we would be in a better place but um mm. yeah it's like brenda saying i'm moving out i think we're supposed to understand that between when she said that and like her leaving they talked about it what it actually is you know what i mean we just kind of don't Hopefully. see it It's a, it's a weird yeah. episode i think it's in some ways it's almost too ambitious of an episode like they're trying to do too many big things and yeah they're not having enough time to like explain the details i think throughout this and it's led to some misses like we said with why would andrea be against michael why is you know sky okay with brenda moving living in her apartment when she's 16 like it's a risk so there's definitely stuff going on that's not getting the time or or depth Uh, jim brings the the copies of the flyers to brandon he says he likes the extra room now that brenda's gone but he can't believe you know they let her go and cindy stands tall she says look we had no choice and jim says it's only three days they could drag her back if, if they get stuck but the more you fight it the more she's gonna put up a sting so that's that uh brenda shows up to sky's apartment she's talking about how uh brandon's a star and sky you know, says, okay, look, you know, I get it, but I gotta get going. So she kind of gives Brenda the lay of the land. Here's the meds for the, the pet. Um, and then we cut, you know, Sky leaves and she warns Brenda about the keys as well. And then Brenda's living it up. We see a kind of a little 80s style montage where she's eating snacks, she's blasting music, she's trying on Sky's clothes and living life, loving life here, uh, living single in the apartment. So she's feeling herself a little bit. We go to school. Uh, all the kids are grooving on the brand, of the man video. And David says he wishes he could take credit. And Kelly says, look, you got credit with me. Uh, I guess they're kind of hiding the fact that David made this video. So there's not a conflict of interest. And Kelly says like he, she wants David to play dirty at the debate and he's like, I can't like, I got to call it down the middle of the debate. I can't mess around. And, so she gives him her number and says, Well, we could talk about it. And you can see David, poor David, crumbling um, as he has Kelly's number and she's flirting up hard. And his integrity is on the line as the debate host <laughs> doesn't want to uh, get down and dirty if he doesn't have to. We see Brandon, he's glad handing uh, Brandon and Andrea, kind of shit talking the loss of Brandon's integrity through all this. Kelly walks over, Andrea calls her Bengali. Uh, and Brenda says, how could you wear this co-? and uh, asked Brenda how she could wear such a costume, which is a sky's clothes, which again is like overly snippy Rob, to your point, just kind of ripping on poor sky's outfit here. And Kelly tells Brenda, like, clean it up. You're going to hurt the campaign. You-, you can't be looking like a clown, uh, with so much on the line. And tonight at the peach pit, they're going to be debuting a brand new and improved video. Uh, To show off and Brenda says look I got responsibilities to deal with I can't deal with this stupid video and her and Kelly are very icy here Rob.
0: I'll tell you one thing: I remember about when I was in high school is you get a whiff of like I'm too mature for this I'm too grown up to hang out with you people if you guys don't you know grow up I'm just gonna go hang out with another crowd to me that's kind of the attitude Brenda is getting about, you know, hanging out with Skye and getting, from mm-hmm. lack of a better word, her own place, that she's just too mature, and she doesn't want to hang out with the children anymore.
2: Yeah, and I'll just say, throughout this whole sequence, um, Kelly was very impressive to me. I, I think, if anyone, she's the one with the career in politics <laughs> right? <laughs> her future, because, wow, she is setting up some dominoes here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it is, she is going, uh, like, way, way too far with uh, just insulting Brenda's outfit and her appearance. It's like, who is, she acts like she's wearing a Halloween costume, right? And it's just, it's it's way overboard. I mean, who is, who is going to be looking at Brenda, Brandon's sister, and going, boy, that's his sister. What a liability. I mean, no one is going to be thinking that, right? It's just, and she's not even dressed that unusual for Brenda, so... It's like, all right, <laughs> let's maybe chill. Um, but I I, I kind of feel like that's the show's writers um, wanting this show to be something it's not at this point and just sort of trying to push it as far as they can with with just the the antagonism and, and the conflict between the characters. And it's you know, it's it's pretty low stakes in this episode, given that it's it's another just one and done from this first season but they're wanting that they're wanting that that just simmer, that slow burn to be there between these characters. Um, when it really hasn't been up to this point. But they're just I just think these writers are chomping at the bit to turn this into a full-blown soup opera. And we are right. not there yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're ready to go, and we'll we'll talk more about that as we move through. So Brenda gets back to Sky's apartment and it's completely cleaned out. And my first thought was that she fucked up the keys and the apartment got robbed because remember Sky talked about, like, make sure the key is in the lock or whatever. Uh, but we realized there's a repo man there and they're taking away uh, all of the stuff. The repossessors are, t- are taking away everything. Brenda thinks they're robbers at first. And she's like, I didn't see anything. I'm going to leave. And they're like, well, we don't give a shit where you are. Like We're, we're doing our job. Um, Brenda's freaking out. She tries to call the club uh, looking for Sky's number, looking for Jack, but she has no luck. That's going on. Jack shows up at the apartment and he and Bre- Brenda kind of lament over what's going on. And he says, look, it's only things they have what's important. And Jack pulls out a can of Franco-American spaghetti and says we can eat this and uh, have some dinner. But the gas stove is off because the gas is out. And Jack says, well, we got food. We don't have to be slaves to the man and we'll have work off our imagination and pretend it's a romantic dinner. So I guess Jack has put the moves on Brenda here or I don't know if he's just playing around, but I, again, I found this scene to be a little bit awkward, uh, what Jack's intentions are. Uh, but the main crux of this is that Skye's apartment's in some trouble because she can't pay the bills. Uh, we see Kelly and Donna and a whole slew of people show up in the apartment now uh, where Brenda is for the campaign party. And this, this seemed to be another off thing because they said it was going to be at the Peach Pit earlier. Um, but here they say Donna's parents bailed on letting them have the party there. So they had to come here. Uh, Steve comes in. He introduces Sarah to Brandon, who's working the room. Steve asks Brenda where the bedroom is. And Kelly uh, comes over and tells Brandon the phone's been disconnected. So we'll get to more of this in a second. But, uh, Tim, I mean, didn't they say they were going to be at the beach pit? Then there's supposed to be a Donna's house. Now they're here. I don't know how they even found this place. Like, it's very, um, again, kind of confusing. I think.
2: So I'm wondering if they were supposed to meet at. Donna's house to, I don't know, plan shit for the campaign. And, uh, no,
1: they have you know. all the people for the party with them.
2: Yeah, yeah, they do. And that's the thing. Like, because they mentioned going to the Peach Party is like an after party, but they all, the whole Peach Pit gang, shit. it's just weird how everybody just pops yeah. into this apartment that is not even truly Brenda's, which this apartment is enormous, by the way. At first, right. I thought it was, um, I thought it was like an early Melrose place set that they would later repurpose. Cause the doors look kind of similar, but it's just way too spacious to be anything that they, um, that they would have done on that show. It, it, it's just, but it feels like a scene out of Melrose place, the way everybody's just mm. kind of showing up th- out of the blue. And there's sort of this weird domestic drama. And we're not sure what's going on with Jack and Brenda um it's a bit uncomfortable i will say the one the one bit that's that's effective here throughout this sequence is brenda just getting that taste of what the reality is like because she she's been so impressed by these people and just so enamored by this lifestyle that she thinks sky and jack live and it, it's all really cool on the surface and from a distance right but when you're actually in the thick of it living it every day it uh it kind of sucks and it's not very glamorous at all and um I, I do kind of like that coming back to bite Brenda in the ass just you know illustrating her naivete mm-hmm. as as the sh- as the show should at this stage um in the character's life again sixteen year old she shouldn't be this worldly like this should blow up in her face <laughs> you know again we're still in just the first season here.
1: Which of everyone showing up at the apartment, Rob? I didn't think much about it, honestly.
0: I didn't understand that they just kinda went there. I figured, you know, it was just I have this whole place to myself. Why don't you guys come on over, hang out, we'll have a party, much like teenagers do when mom and dad are gone. But one thing I did think was kind of odd was the fact it seemed like everything was getting shut off at the same time. Right. You know, I'm about to buy your you age. Yeah, that was
2: kind of comical.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything comes due to the same day. You know, <laughs> hope you don't pay
1: right. exactly. <laughs> the yeah, again, this is this episode is kind of riddled with, um. I do know it's called misstatements, but yeah, just kind of inconsistencies for sure <laughs> through that. Uh, so like you said, Rob, everything's off at the same time because Kelly says there's no food. The water's off. Things are falling apart. Uh, in comes David with his video camera. He's chronicling the party and Brenda's had it. She throws everyone out. She's pissed off in anger. But before they leave, Jack takes hold of the mic and he and Brenda grill Brandon like, all right, Brandon, well, tell us. What do you stand for? What are your policies? Tell us what you you know care about. Why are you running for president? Kelly tells David immediately, stop the video, turn it off. Um, and David looks at Scott and says, wow, Kelly wants me really bad. Uh, the electricity then goes out. And Steve tells Brenda, this is low rent city. And they're going to move the party to the Peach Pit, which I thought was supposed to be where it was in the beginning. Right. Yeah. Now they're headed to the Peach Pit. Um, Brenda, Brandon and Kelly then have a big fight over Brandon being self-absorbed and... Now he's stealing her friends, but Kelly said, "Look, you started this. You ditched us for Sky. You were so enamored with her, and all of a sudden we were losers and kids, and now I'm mature enough for you." Uh, but Brenda said, "Kelly, you're just jealous. I found another friend," uh, and she goes to leave and says, "I don't even want to vote," which is my favorite. <laughs> the episode <laughs> so dramatic about how do we want to vote anymore uh and jack says well it looks like the party's over and he pieces out too so i thought he'd at least hang out with brenda after their fake romantic dinner but he's like sorry brend uh good luck in the empty apartment here with nothing going on so uh, i guess kind of an overdramatic scene in, in many ways but um for once it seems like the a and b line storyline are kind of converging a little more than usual where they're both kinda on even ground. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I don't mind about it is the feeling of Jack and sky and Brenda kind of trying to focus around real political issues and Brandon being a puppet um president who doesn't really focus on the issue. So I I thought like it was a kind of a cool dichotomy between the two storylines that have been going on because it kinda crests here with Jack saying, well you know, because we know that Jack and these guys like are super into politics and talking about this stuff, and they have a chance now to ask Brandon. And he's just lost, so I, I I like that part of it, but again, it's inconsistent with the peach pit part and um the over dramatic Brenda saying, "I don't." uh
2: Yeah, so I'll I'll just, I mean, add on to this that Brenda is basically calling her her friends and her family by extension, a bunch of dumb babies. She's got it all Mm -hmm. figured out. She's got these great new friends. And, um, I don't know. I, I definitely wanted that scene of just, uh, (laughs) Jack, like you said, contemplating all this, like what is with this high school teenage drama (laughs) going on in my apartment, this girl and all these randos who just showed up and, you know, tried to, tried to, um, tried to give her brother a chance to really, um, you know, learn some pointers and, and, Uh, perfect his, his, his uh, campaign speech. And, and he just (laughs) is a total shit for brains apparently when he's put on the spot. Um, But to your point that that does serve an important purpose in that these A and B storylines are doing a nice job of weaving in and out of each other and influencing one another. So they're, they're kind of rubbing off on on Brenda's story is sort of rubbing off on Brandon. Brandon's story is sort of rubbing off on Brenda um, as things go along here. And, um, I don't know, I I think that's a pretty good approach and one that I agree we haven't seen too much of, but, but works pretty well. Um, sort of the the finer details you can lay those aside, but, um, just the structural approach, I, I definitely like better than just everybody siloed off in their own world as we were seeing more in those earlier episodes. Um, Rob, did you you have any uh, takeaways here, Um, you know, comparison to earlier episodes of the series? Do you think we're headed in the right direction? I
0: don't really have any comparisons yet. Um, It's like I'm still in the feeling out process where everybody's still trying to establish fully who the characters are and what they are doing. But, yeah, like you said, it was just – I like the way that they kind of intermingled the stories and tied them up together.
2: It's, low rent it's city. tough. It's probably tough not knowing what the show is going to become and where it's going to be like a, you know, a year from now. But, um, it's, I think it's making incremental mm-hmm. progress towards that. And this, maybe it's their, their, um, reach is exceeding their grasp from a writing standpoint, but, um, You know, it's uh, growing pains in this series and it's early going.
1: Well, it's also debate day uh, and that day is Mm -hmm. upon us. Steve and Kelly are super confident. Everything's going their way. Steve's going to help stuff the ballot box. Kelly's feeling good. Uh, David's all excited because his date night's coming up. And Kelly tells Brandon to keep his platform quiet. Keep your policies quiet. Let's just win and then you can do your crap you want to do. Brandon walks into one of the classrooms. He comes upon Michael. And they talk a bit. Michael says, look, I've been through a lot of these elections. You're going to win 80 to 20. It's, it's That's what's going to happen. Like You're more popular. You're cool. That's just me. And he credits Brandon. He goes, look, you, you put on the most slick campaign I've ever seen. Like You did a great job. You crushed it. Congrats. And Brandon puts over Mike's qualifications and resume. He says, wow, you're really interested in this public policy, huh? And Michael says, yeah, like, this is kind of what I want to do. And You know, deep down, this is who Brandon is, too. Right. He's kind of a policy wonk and more into this piece of it than the popularity shit that he's been sucked into with Kelly. Uh, And just because he's a good looking dude, like doesn't mean he's not more into this side of it. And they actually compare notes on their policies around homelessness. And Michael even says, I have a pilot program. I started around giving food to the homeless that's left over for lunch. So you can use that if you need to. Uh, So then we get to the debate. Dave is leading it, of course. Uh, And Brandon's big first promise is rock bands every Friday at lunch. And he gets big cheers. And Mike puts him on the spot. He goes, how are you going to do that? And Brandon's a mess. He's stammering, trying to explain it. Well, I'll call them. (laughs) That's basically what he says. Uh, And Michael's (laughs) just. awkwardly sheepishly kind of shitting on it. He's like, look, you know, look I got a lot of committee experience. I've done, help put on concerts at school. There's so much red tape. There's so many politics involved. You're gonna get, get clearances and music licensing. And Brandon admits it. He goes, look, I'm in over my head. And, you know, Michael, you're way more qualified to be president than I am. So I'm gonna throw my support to you. I'm stepping down. And Mike, you ran an honorable campaign. And Mike is shocked, but this was a pretty cool moment. Um, where again, Brandon, in the end, after kind of going down a difficult road, kind of caves and, and does the right thing and realizes uh, Michael really wants this. He really deserves it. And while Brandon may want it, he didn't go about it the right way. And if he wants to do it again someday, he'll do it the right way and not this way. He doesn't want to win based on just being you know better looking dude and Kelly and Steve stuff in ballot boxes. Uh, Kelly does get a, a line in saying, I wasted two weeks on this. Uh, and Steve said he was going to stuff. It. He was going to do it. He's going to stuff the ballot box for his buddy. Uh, Brenda and Andrea come over. They're proud of Brandon's decision. And we get Kelly and Brenda making making up as well. Uh, they both kind of admit that they screwed up. Uh, David comes over and says, look, my dad's hot tub's all ready for us for our big date night. And I thought Kelly was going to back out on it, but she does the right thing too. She says, "Like, like all right, it's time to pay all the campaign debts. The nightmare begins. Uh, I'm going to have to go on this date. All these things I've been promising these people to try and get Brandon elected now. Uh, the piper has come. So Tim, I, again, I... I like this. I think Brandon did the right thing. I like the approach too. that. Michael didn't like just back down or wasn't like a pussy. Like he stood his ground and kind of dug in and was like, tell me how you're going to do this. And kind of makes Brandon look like a goof. And Brandon realizes it, that Michael's doing things the right way. So I I like the way they went about all that. And I kind of like the way they have everyone make up too, because again, it's kind of been a comedy of misunderstandings more than anything.
2: That's true. And, um, I'm sort of fascinated by the casting of whoever this this kid is who plays uh, Mike. I mean, established that he was a Saved by the Bell um, recurring or one-off character, I guess. And it's just – I'm trying to find a diplomatic way. He's like the most average-looking actor this show has ever um, (laughs) actually put put in front of a camera. Scott looks
1: like Jason Priestley compared to him. I
2: mean, really, yeah. I mean – even yeah, even like the geeky kids are, are like still pretty Hollywood handsome, right? And um, it, it's just I'm really surprised that we saw an ordinary looking person on this series for <laughs> for once um, who actually sort of gets over on Brandon. It's it, it's flabbergasting. Uh, would this be like the West Beverly High finger poke of doom, where Brandon is just totally taking the fall here, just? I mean, doesn't even try to try to put up much of a fight completely. Concedes. Well, I feel like
1: he's been I feel like he's been feeling this way through. At least the back half of the episode, like ever since the video mm. and Andrea walking out, like it feels like he's been shaky on this approach and he's kind of gone with it. Yeah. He, whether it's because he's attracted to Kelly or that because he knows deep down it's the way to win he's just kind of right or it's a power thing right it's his ego um he's running with it whereas i think deep down he knows like he doesn't really want to win this way no no
2: um credit to Kelly though i mean even even in defeat she's keeping her campaign promises going to, i mean maybe earlier in the show before they've established any sort of relationship between her and david she might have blown this off but they've had enough interactions now that Mm -hmm. she's not totally repulsed by him and it's like well i think it's just
1: it shows growth for kelly too right like it does yeah maybe 16 episodes ago she would have been a bitch enough to like get lost like get bent nerd i'm not doing that but she's showing that like she's gonna you know woman of her word good on her promise would date, and she's gonna do it Mm-hmm. She
2: has, she does have some integrity, at least when
1: it comes to her
2: own word. Um, at the same time, her willingness to stuff ballot boxes with Steve is amazing. <laughs> like they have no, no <laughs> compunctions about that whatsoever. No, It's um, And Steve just straight up telling Brandon, "Boy, you really blew it." <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Um. So I don't know. I, I felt like this ended the way that it needed to, even though we went through, um. I don't know some really, some really wild character turns along the mm-hmm. way here to get to this point. It it kind of had a nice, tidy wrap up that that feels more in keeping with the characters as we know them.
1: Yeah, what'd you think of this uh, payoff to the election, uh, Rob?
0: See, that's an interesting uh, perceptive persona you guys had, is because um the way I perceived it was when brandon was talking to mike he realized that mike's goal in this and he would be the better president than him Uh and so he purposely went up there saying he was gonna book a rock band to sound ridiculous that way he could throw the election and that way mike would win it
1: see i took it as that was their plan him and kelly that was like they knew that would win and he was doing it. I I think he was still trying to win up until the until that moment when Michael grilled him is when he changed his mind. But you might be right. It could have been before and could have been his way out of it. But I feel like he thought he didn't realize how much he wanted to just get out of this until Michael started pushing him. And he kind of looked like an idiot in front of everyone. But. Uh, we go back to the Walsh house. Brandon breaks the news to Jim that he's quitting. And Jim says, you know what? Good. I hated your campaign. And Brandon admits it. He goes, I hated it too. Uh, Brenda shows up. Everyone's happy to see her. And she wants a tuna sandwich. And she's skipping around and happy to be back. But she admits that she's only here to get her clean clothes and her high school equivalency form. She asks where it is. And Jim is needed to snap. And again, I feel like this <laughs> continues the trend of, like, stupid communication in this episode where – why did she fuck with them and just say that she wanted it for the reason she wanted it? You know what I mean? Like she, the way she says it hints that she's still wanting to use it. So of course, Jim and Cindy are going to snap. And then she snaps back and it's like, I only said, I want to know where it is. <laughs> she storms off and, you know, Jim and Cindy start to get angry, but then say, you know what? We're going to continue to take care of her. They pack her a care package and want her to continue to figure this out on her own versus trying to force her away from it. But again, I felt like it was kind of awkward um i don't know why brenda approached it the way she did she had back to sky's house uh, apartment and sky is back she's sitting on the floor sulking sky says you know it's really hard being on your own and i know you looked up to me so much brenda but you know i didn't want you to know the truth of my struggles because of that and sky admits she had to go back to modesto to get money and she only got enough just to get by her parents get older they don't have as much to help support her anymore and the job's not enough and sky says you know, why don't you stay here, Brenda? I'll go live at the Walsh House, and kind of jokingly. Um, this guy's kind of realizing, like, or Brenda's kind of realizing, like, okay, this isn't the easy way out of it. So, do you guys think, like, I'm very confused about Brenda. Um, was she still getting that form to take that test or not? Is it not until um, Sky here that she's finally changed her mind? I think that's what
2: the impression that we're supposed to be left with, but the show is also. Tr- maybe trying to leave it a little bit up in the air, uh, even though I'm pretty sure ultimately nothing comes to this. I mean, mild spoilers. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think they're still maybe leaving us with that inkling of doubt where she's, even Brenda's like, well, I haven't made made up my mind yet. And that's perhaps why she's so, why sh- the real reason she's so snippy with her parents, even though Again, if they had just sat down and, and really talked about this instead of giving us this forced conflict, then things smoother, smoother heads would prevail, I think, ultimately. Well, but
1: I think we see the reason she's getting it is she uses it in her act in a few minutes. So it's like, if that's why yeah. she was coming to get it, why not just say that? Like, again, it's it's clear. That's why she's getting it. Right. I know I asked the question, but I was curious if you guys kind of thought the same, but to me, it's clear why she's getting it. She wants to use it as a prop. So like, why not just friggin' say that to them? Like, just say, you know, yeah, just say, I I
2: guess I just, I I still don't know that she had fully committed to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to actually go through with this. I'm just going to use it for a bit. Like, I don't know. Um, but I, I do like her having this little pep talk with uh, Sky, who, to Rob's point, you know, th- when you're that age, maybe it looks like the grass is greener. But sometimes you got to see for yourself that um, it truly isn't. And in this case, it's, it's covered in shit and piss, uh, far from being green. And um, I, I, I sort of was thinking maybe we'd seen the last of this Sky character after she skipped town, but to see her back and be like, yeah, my life really sucks. Welcome to it <laughs> is, um, you know, it's, it's rather fitting and it's something that Brenda probably needed to see and to hear firsthand, even though she'd been experiencing this. I, I think she still needed that, that wake up call.
1: Now, is this the only episode sky's in? Thanks. So. Uh, yeah, yeah this is it. One and done.
2: Thanks. So. Okay. That's, that's typical of this first season.
0: Right, right. I've noticed that with a lot of the characters based on the way you guys have been talking about them. But, you know, my perception is when she asked her that, she was just going to get rid of it, throw it away, something like that, because she recognized that the fact it's not all, you know, champagne and roses on the other side and that you actually have to work hard. You need a high school diploma, a proper one to succeed in life, and you need a plan and goals, which obviously Sky didn't, she just went off and did her own thing and respect, you know, to that. But that's not obviously not what Brenda wanted. She wanted to have more of the home life she has at home. But on her own, she wants to make her own rules, make her own everything, you know, money, everything. But she just doesn't want to be living under so much. She wanted more freedom, I guess I'm trying to say.
1: Right. Yeah, she's, uh, she, the whole not, time she felt very stuck
0: Right, and then when she finds out you don't necessarily get that when you're an adult In fact, you end up being more stuck down to everything She realizes, okay, so maybe I'm not in such a big hurry to grow up Maybe I'm not in such a big hurry to leave school I should focus more directly on what's in front of me as opposed to what's years down the road
1: Right well, we go back to the club and she is uh, getting some cold feet. Her material very personal and she's a little shaky, but she gets up on stage. In come Jim, Cindy and Brandon. She talks about how she was going to move out and now everything that happened because of it. So she kind of her material ends up being her story, right, that she was going to, um, you know, quit school and leave. And she kind of tells her jokes and it's a good moment. She speaks from the heart. Her family get to hear it. They all support her. Uh, we see that Kelly and David are also there for their date, uh, and Kelly tells him not to press his luck when he puts his arm around her. And Brenda admits that she's staying in school. She's not dropping out, and she was just using this for her material. Uh, Sky kind of props up Brenda. She asks her for the high school equivalency test, says it's never too late, so it looks like is going to try and get that diploma after all. But we then go back home, where Brand, uh, Brenda is uh, there, all is good at the Walsh house, and she kind of has a heart-to-heart with Brandon. Wrapping up and brand brand asking for his autograph on his campaign poster and he kind of draws a Van Dyke, <laughs> I guess, goatee on it um, to wrap us up. So all in all, Tim, but this is a good episode. Uh even with the inconsistencies, it at least shows some growth and forward hints around Brandon's aspirations, Kelly, you know, potential interest between her and Brandon, some insightfulness and self-retrospective with Brenda kind of wanting her own path different than what she's living. Uh, And it's interesting. We're still wrapping the stories and issues of each episode. That's one of the big things I've noticed. Like, when are we going to get more serial and presentation? Um, Things continue to still be wrapped up at the end of the hour. And, yeah, we're getting character development and large arching stories across episodes, but not week-to-week stuff. Like, these continue to wrap up every episode. So uh, they did, you know, get a lot of material in here. It was a very jam-packed episode. And I think that did lead to some of those misses we talked about earlier.
2: Yeah, you can tell this is... This is the show wanting to be uh, more of the soap opera we're going to come to know it as. Where especially the Brenda stuff, where you know she she's feeling so lost in life, and one minute she's trying to drop out of school, and the next she's moving out of the And That feels like a multi-episode arc, or it seems like it should be, and and it's just you know to to have it um, neat and tidy wrapped up, just like the the Brandon campaign plots is. Um, is a bit messy, you know, and um, I would say I, I think this episode is more. To me, I, I find it more interesting than it is good, just because of I don't know what how it fits within the overall context of the series. Just I don't know with the benefit of foresight, knowing what it's gonna become and how almost experimental. This feels like they're the, the writers are wanting to break out. You can tell, but I don't know what kind of handcuffs they have as far as still being forced or or made to do issue of the week type stuff. And yeah, we're both, I guess much like the writers, waiting for this, this series to take off and turn into uh, just the serialized primetime drama where you know plots are going to continue from one week one episode to the next and um we're not there but but boy boy are we getting close to it we're we're really on the edge of it um so yeah it's it's a real mixed bag but makes for an interesting watch no doubt
0: you know to me when she was up there on stage I kind of saw that coming earlier when she was heckling jack i was I thought that's what the episode was going to be about was her getting up on stage and her growth there mm-hmm. and trying to find something mm-hmm. new to do instead of just hanging out with Donna and Kelly all the time. And I was really kind of surprised at the you know strong left turn that that took, and it took so long for her to get up on the stage. And, you know, like you said, she's kind of sketchy up there and kind of like me on this podcast, not quite sure what to do, but with progress and, and practice will get better.
2: Yeah. Oh, and to your and don't sell yourself short, uh, <laughs> but to uh, but to that, that, that's a good point, because that would that would be really a um, a callback to what we just saw with the Laverne stuff. Right. Where she was. That's where they they really remind us, reminded us of the fact that. Brenda is the would-be actress in the family. She she wants to be a performer, um, and and this would be consistent with that characterization that is still very fresh in our minds. And like you said, it it takes us a long time to get there. It's more about her trying to assert her independence and you know find out who she is deep down and all this this kind of existential stuff. And I mean, they again, if they had just maybe not been so ambitious in and trying to cram all that into one 47-minute episode and and focused more on the, well, it, it does is Brenda cut out for this kind of work? You know, is does she have um you know the skills and 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 the uh, the nerves really to get up on stage and do this on a consistent basis. They might have had something there, but it's weird that they hold off on that until the, the very end. And it's not even it's not even the point of the episode it's not even what it's really about with her so i don't know it's it's funny that they they didn't lean more heavily on that angle so i
0: also figured they were going to have like sky be a mentor for her and talk her up and run things by her before she got up on stage
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
2: something like that
1: yeah all right, let's get to our awards here. Uh, best scene, I, I had a tie. I went with Brenda doing the stand-up. I thought it was a really growth moment. And also the Brandon man video was, was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> so I, I went with those two. Um,
2: I'm going to go with uh, Brandon throwing the campaign. Just, I don't know. It's um, It was just unexpected to me that that he would... um walk away so easily like that, but it, but it's also like getting to the heart of his character and that he's, you know, supposed to be this man of integrity. And if if he's doing something for the wrong reasons, then he, then he's going to get, then he's going to back out. He's not going to get, he doesn't have to like learn the lesson that other characters do. It's like he already, he already knows it and just has to follow his heart or whatever. It just felt like a very Brandon moment. So I guess I'll go with that one. Although I really do like the the ending with Brenda on stage too. Good run the scene that
0: really The scene that really entertained me is when she walks in and all the repo men are there and I'm like, <laughs> don't somebody have to be home for this. I mean, they just break <laughs> into her apartment, taking <laughs> her stuff.
2: Kind of <laughs> just take everything. <laughs> and
0: then she just takes them at their word on it. It's like, uh, I'm the repo man. All right, go <laughs> ahead. Yeah, that was pretty
1: good, too. That was pretty funny. (laughs) All right. Uh, Most important scene. I went with Brandon stepping down from the campaign. I think it was, again, kind of a character-defining moment for him to realize that and want to do things the right way.
2: Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Kelly having the hots for Brandon the second he shows any... um, you know aspirations towards power. See, I also went with
0: and when Brandon stepped down, basically again, like you said, realizing he's not quite the best man for the job, and stepping back and letting the better man win.
1: All right, most '90s look. I went the Brandon campaign video. I thought it was very the the production <laughs> was very '90s.
2: I have uh, the character of Jack who is uh, that vest is rather clownish um, that he's wearing throughout most of his scenes. Uh, He kind of looks like Paula Poundstone, who was another (laughs) very nineties comedian. Um, Yeah. I I just think the Jack character overall is, is extremely nineties.
0: To me, the most uh, nineties look had to be, you know, Brenda, when she was wearing Skye's clothes, mm. that hat just screamed 90s. Mm. I also noticed that there was a extra in the background who's just walking around with a long ponytail and a blazer and a T-shirt for some unknown reason.
2: <laughs> awesome.
1: All right. All right. Most 90s moment. Uh, we have Donna referencing Beetlejuice. I thought it was one since it probably had just come out right around this time. Um also Ooh, the coffee yeah. house like we talked about and David referencing Geraldo what he would do as a <laughs> TV newsman.
2: Um uh, yeah I just had the whole coffee house scene I I think of it as being very 90s. Peter just was 88 so yeah. oh god was it really? Yeah.
0: I, mean, I think one of the most 90s moments was Scott walking around the party with an actual like video camera that you have to put on your shoulder and look through the um,
2: eyepiece. Mm. Yeah, no doubt.
1: Right. Best lesson learned, uh, don't rush growing up, Brenda. That's, that was, I think, the big lesson here.
2: Yes, and also... Um, don't uh, sacrifice your integrity for political office if you have any. <laughs> yes, I, <do. laughs>
0: I would also agree. Communicate you know, don't with th- your
2: parents also.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't be in a big rush to growing up. But also at the same time, you know, it's okay to be afraid, you know, but don't let it stop you.
2: Right.
1: Uh, all right, best hookup. Don't I not sublet with... your apartment to your 16-year-old <laughs> also. That's it. Uh, for best hookup, I went Brandon and Kelly. Uh, I thought they were the most uh, charged in this episode. Mm. You know, they don't yeah. actually hook up. I felt like it, it felt like, yeah,
2: were. yeah, I hear you. I mean, well, it's, I mean, it's what between that and Kelly and David, right? So,
1: right, right. Or, or uh, Sky and Brenda, I guess. <laughs> yeah
0: see i went kelly donna and brendan there
1: you go oh, okay nice all right best quote i had a few uh it's like a magnet power that was kelly to start things and that really set the tone for the episode even good sex ruins a good friendship that was sky when you're a kid you just want to grow up and when you're a grown-up you just want to be a kid that was cindy which i thought was poignant and i don't even want to vote brenda with my favorite line of the episode <laughs> I mean
2: they had a few and they, the writers were feeling it um I mean right from our opening line with uh Andrea to Brandon I have a proposition for you Brandon oh my desk or yours um very foul but uh, you know kind of like it uh Brandon trying to impress Steve with with um his speech that he's he's writing on his little computer how does this sound I'll listen to my student body <laughs> Steve just going, dude, that's not going to flush here. (laughs) I think it's the usage of the word flush that, that put it. Yes. Yes. Uh, Brenda's, uh, dad, I'm pregnant while they are ignoring her in favor of Brandon's political career. Uh, just make sure he's paying attention. Um, are you Brandon's sister? Brenda replying? I feel like Ferris Bueller's sister was a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're familiar with that film and the characters. So, yeah, I, I, I think I give it to that, that opener between, um, Brandon and Andrea, just, um, a little risque, but, you know, funny at the same time. And I, and I like that they have that comfortable flirtation between them now.
0: And the one quote you guys didn't mention was, I love it when, uh, Kelly asks Brenda, how can you wear that outfit? And she's just like, "Well, you, for, you put in one arm, and then you put in the
1: other." <laughs>
2: <laughs> Such a bitch. Yeah. All
1: right. Uh, so, final grade. I don't know. This, this is a very mm. middle of the road episode for me. Like, I, I thought it was fine. They got a lot in. We had some good character development. I enjoyed watching it, but there were a ton of inconsistencies that we nail all throughout the episode. It felt like they're maybe a little too ambitious. This could have been one that actually carried over. I think two episodes. I think this is one where the wrapping it up in the one, one night kind of hurt it because they had a jam so much and it it didn't allow them to further explain. And a lot of the stuff felt like, again, it could have been easily solved by just taking a minute and explaining what's going on versus rushing through everything. So I ended up just going five out of 10, um, which is one of the lower end grades. Again, it's, it's fine. I did not like it, but I just thought it was enough of a drop from some of our bigger episodes that it felt like this felt like some of the issues they would have had maybe early on, and they're having them. It shouldn't be like this late.
2: I'm also going to go five, just smack in the middle, uh, for the very same reasons. If anything, I would agree this this had enough juice to at least do a two parter, even if you literally do like a part one, part two, which th- this series is not going to do, but you know, early in the, early in the run, maybe you're not sure like what the show is going to become. You, you try that out and this would be a a good, uh, sort of trial episode for that sort of thing. Just there's, there's enough going on that they could, they could have gotten away with it. Um, but as it stands, it's just, it's, there's too much crammed in. Um, it is too ambitious, but at the same time, I admire it for having, any ambition. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to totally dock it. Um, just for being as different as it is.
0: Based solely on the previous episodes. Cause again, I don't have the benefit of hindsight, but I yep. gave it a sense. Again, it was just a basic episode. It didn't feel like anything earth shattering. It didn't feel like anything big didn't feel like anything would carry on.
1: All right, let's do our trackers before we get out of here. Uh, So new character debuts. We had Sky, we had Jack, we had Michael Miller and Sarah, Steve's girl. (laughs) gets a shout out. Mm. Uh, Relationships, I had Brenda and Sky and then Brandon and Kelly. And uh, Places and Things, The Fallout Club, and then Sky's apartment were the kind of pretty much two new places. So uh, songs on this episode that we did not hear are merry-go-round by the replacements when brenda talks to sky about dropping out of high school and hippie chick by soho uh when brenda's in the apartment kind of doing the little 80s montage mm. uh so that's that uh timmy wants us about northbound connection um actually i'm sorry we gotta do our ranking first and then i'll tabulate
2: yeah uh, our right.
1: rankings so jackie right. as usual a customary <laughs> bottom slot uh yep. since she hasn't been on nat also was not on this no, episode nat. so he's gonna get the zero uh, anyone else not
2: on? Dylan's in it for two seconds, so I kind of feel like and Scott. You want to do Scott and yeah. Dylan? Yeah. <laughs> Dare we pay, play Scott above Dylan?
1: No, Just, no. Dylan at least. No, I can't. <laughs> we can't. <Absolutely laughs> did because okay.
0: again, Scott felt more important to the episode than Dylan, who was in there for
1: literally Dylan's- one. Scene. Dylan's more important, despite his general presence. Just being there is is enough. Dylan
2: for me. may, in fact, be motivating Brenda's shitty attitude throughout a lot of this. Mm-hmm. So I guess he has a presence, even if he isn't on screen for the vast majority of it.
1: Um, all right. All right. Then so, next, I would say has to be probably Donna or Steve, one of the two of them.
2: Let's go, Donna. Just
1: well. Or Steve Cindy. had the
2: one good line that I liked. Um, yeah.
0: To me, no, Donna felt air than anything. Steve at least had some kind of interaction right. or presence. Mm-hmm.
1: Was willing right, so to, you want keep to go a campaign fraud <laughs> So would you have Cindy above Steve? You okay with that? I'm okay with that. All right, and then Are Jim. Okay so Jim that? and Cindy. But yeah, do you think Jim yeah. and Cindy back to back? Jim and Cindy back to back feels right. Okay. Yeah, because you
0: really
1: and then don't I see think, one or the other. And then I'd say Andrea. Um because we gotta have Kelly, Brandon, and Brenda at the top. Is that everyone? Andrea David. Oh David, I'm missing. Would you have Andrea ahead of David? Um I like David better. I thought he was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: did too. I did too. And I like his date with Kelly. Yeah. Okay, so he's above
1: Andrea, yeah. and then Real quick,
0: if I'm wrong, but doesn't David and Kelly end up getting together?
1: Uh, no, they end oh, up that brother would be and sister. Spoiling. Yeah. <laughs> not like brother later
0: and sister. season, not together.
1: No, they're not. But you'll see. Yes, yeah. see why? Okay. Um. All right. So top three. How do you rank them, Tim? Kelly, Brandon, Brenda. Oh, God! Um I think
2: i I kind of I kind of liked Kelly the most in this episode, which, even though she's not the most virtuous character, she's sort of the one who um, held my interest. The most even and it's not a Kelly Episode right it's it's just she's right. a Strong presence so I Don't know if I want to give her the top spot But I sort of feel like Brandon Kelly Brenda Is
1: that does that sound Yeah totally I think Backwards good. okay no I don't think so I think Kelly was more of a driving force than Brandon In the episode honestly Mm-hmm and then I think, Brenda's I mean, yeah, he's top, he's yeah. just sort of
2: a political pawn, really. And he right. does regain his agency at the very end, but it's the very end. So, yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. mean, Brenda just yeah. had more going on than Brandon in this episode. Right. It, it, you wouldn't think so, but she she really did.
1: Almost All right, Tim. To the point to- that
0: yeah. Brandon must be a C character as opposed to Brenda's A character. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. All right. I feel good
2: about it. All
1: right. Uh, Tim, what's going on at North South Connection?
2: Okay. So you are hearing this podcast on the North South Connection. So I would like if you are not subscribed now to subscribe so that you can find this podcast in your preferred podcatcher app when it is released on a regular basis. But you'll find a bevy of other Great content here on North-South Connection. A lot of um, wrestling-related podcasts from po- folks who take a more uh, analytical approach. Uh, some v- really unique viewpoints, not the same, kind of same old, same old that you might be used to if you listen to any wrestling podcasts. I, I like I like just the slate of original content going on here on, on NOSO. So you get things like, oh, now entering the Rumble, where you... You, JT, and Aaron George look back on Royal Rumbles and analyze the performance of individual wrestlers throughout those Rumbles. Kind of crazy, but uh, that's what you guys do. Uh, We also have WWE War, which uh, is wrestling above replacement. JT, you, and Marcus breaking down uh, various pay-per-views with unique uh, ratings. Uh, in categories, kind of similar to what we're doing here on 902 Onosa with our character rankings. Um, some sports content as well, this week in the NFL, um, Behind the Connection, which uh, mm-hmm. JT, you and I just got together for. It's uh, you interviewing folks about uh, their interests, their their wrestling fandom and other interests and just who they are as a person, how they got into podcasting and uh, you know, hooked up with this great North-South connection. So all of that and a lot more content pretty much every day coming out here on North-South. Um, it is part of the quad of pods here associated with Place to Be Nation. So you'll want to check out as well the original Place to Be Nation Wrestling, the gold standard, uh, the sister uh, network called Place the Place to Be Nation uh, Pop Experience. Uh, more pop culture stuff going on over there, comics related, uh, TV shows from Disney Plus and HBO Max. We just wrapped up coverage of Peacemaker and the Book of Boba Fett. Um, going to have some uh, some film coverage as well coming very soon. So stay stay tuned to again, Place Me Nation Pop Experience. Finally, rounding it out is the Jenny position. The network curated by Jennifer Smith, our dear friend and past guest of this podcast. Uh, more pop culture uh, cornucopia for you, where uh, Jenny and I do a show called Talking Pop, where we often have a guest who we uh, interview, get to know a little bit better, or uh, just shoot the shit. And a lot of uh, awesome, awesome coverage of uh, things like, uh, you heard about Pluto, so live mm-hmm. watch of Pluto. Of, uh, of something on Pluto, the great streaming service uh, that Jenny and a guest get together for, uh, Bianca's First Time, where Jenny exposes her dear friend who is a little bit sheltered in life to uh, films, primarily films, that uh, most of us know very well that that uh, this young lady does not, which tends to be very entertaining. So um, always great things. Freak Out Driving, my goodness, a horror movie watch-a-thon. All of that can be found on the Jenny position. So, I mean, really, never stones throw away from something that you're going to be interested in within this quad of pods here. Um, So check them all out. Subscribe today. And um, you can hit me up on Twitter. I am at psych68 68 cyke 68 If you do want to get in touch. Wow. Okay. JT. Our Great job interview. as
1: always, my friend. Great job. All right, let's go through our rankings. We'll get out of here. Uh, bringing up the rear, Jackie Taylor, poor Jackie, with 13 points. Mm. Nat Basuccio with 35. Donna Martin with 54. Scott Scanlon with 61. Big jump from there to Andre Zuckerman with 96. David Silver coming in at 112. Dylan all the way down here into the middle range because of these kind of quick appearances. We've been mm. having at 117. He was passed by Jim Walsh, who's now at 119. Cindy Walsh above him at 127, Kelly Taylor at 131, right below Steve Sanders at 133. So that's picking up as a race between them. And then uh, back way at the top, of course, Brandon Walsh now in second place after the tie. Last episode, he's at 186 and Brenda with a two point lead at 188. So Rob, I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, it was a lot of fun having you here. Tim will be back in about two or three weeks with our next episode, of course. And uh, always mm-hmm. look forward to check out everything at the North Connection. For Tim, for Rob, I'm JT. Have a little dim sum, a little dim sum, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Love.